This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. I'm one of your hosts, and I am joined by a couple of our amazing outreach team members, Rachel and Julian. What is up, guys? How's it going? Glad y'all are here today. Um, If you are listening and you have been around Mercy or Mercy Talk for long, um, you know that ultimately as an organization, our heart, our desire is always to reach a broken and hurting world with the message of hope, with the message of freedom. Um, and we believe that that message is ultimately found, the healing and hope that the world is desperate for is ultimately found in Jesus Christ. And to that end, um, I, I would say that there has probably never been a time that in my memory, when as a whole, our world has been more broken and hurting again in my yeah. in yeah. my memory of my lifetime which has been a short has been a short time actually it's not that short anymore but yeah. uh yeah just saying though yeah had a birthday it's painful um <laughs> but i'm just like man I, in my lifetime there's not a memory of like a collective whole um our world specifically our country right now where yeah. it's like we are just we're just hurting we're angry we're broken we need hope oh my yeah. word have we ever needed hope yeah. more than we do right now. And so um, as as followers of Jesus, knowing what we know about Jesus and what he offers, it's like, it, has it ever been more our mandate than to bring Jesus to the world? <laughs> I'm to bring Jesus to a broken and hurting world. That is my mission. That's the whole yeah. reason we stay on the planet after we commit <laughs> our lives to Christ. I'm like, why would we not just get shot up to heaven once we've committed? Like it's done, we're done. You know, no, we're, we are sent. We stay um, for that ultimate purpose. And so with all that being said, um, we are going to spend the the next few weeks here on Mercy Talk on um, this topic of missional hospitality. Mm -hmm. And um, we're really using as kind of a launching pad for our conversation, um, some concepts that are found in Rosaria Butterfield's book, um, The Gospel Comes with the House Key. And we're just going to kind of take a closer look at what it really means to genuinely love our community, to Mm -hmm. share Christ, and honestly, to share Christ in a way that's actually effective, and and I believe in alignment with the heart of God. And so, um, Julian, I know that like one of my first memories of you, I feel like, was you raving about this book, um, because I just know that it has been really impactful for you and that the Lord has shown you a lot of things through it. Um, So I would love if you wouldn't mind kind of kicking us off just by sharing a little bit more behind this idea of missional hospitality and and really just the impact that it's had on you. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So about a year and a half ago, um, Katie, my wife, and I took our small group through uh, through this book, the gospel comes with a house key. And one of the things that um, became apparent immediately when we started reading through this book was that um, so many of us in that small group were thinking about, um, you know, this idea of living missionally completely wrong. Mm-hmm. We just had a misunderstanding 
a lot of that comes mission trips in the traditional sense um, in terms of, you know, churches sending out groups um, overseas, um, sort of, you know, coming into a village um, or, or a place that's, you know, struck by lots of poverty and, and spending a week or two weeks there and helping to build a well. Um, and, and then you sort of come back and you resume your normal life. Now, yeah. God uses uh, those mission trips in mighty ways. And so yeah. nothing we're going to- Don't be- start coming at us about those yeah. short-term mission trips, y'all. Yeah. Right. Don't come at us. That's what we're saying. <laughs> right, right. That's right. That is, you know, I mean, clearly God is just doing incredible work through the men and women who volunteer for those kinds of trips. Um, but the fundamental misunderstanding for a lot of us came from thinking that that is the only way mm. to yeah. go out, um, you know, sort of uh, being- Christ's hands and feet. I mean, you can think about it other ways uh, here uh, in America as, you know, uh, volunteering at homeless shelters, um, you know, as uh, carving out intentional time to, you know, volunteer with uh, maybe children who, uh, you know, don't have parents, orphans. Um, But again, it's this idea of leaving your house, leaving your neighborhood, going Mm -hmm. out to a uh, agreed upon destination, serving doing doing the thing that makes you feel good that you that you feel like you're called to do and 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 again that is good but then you return home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so there's this there's this separation and and really what struck me as interesting is um there's a lot of parallels to uh how we work how we operate in the workforce you uh, leave yeah. your house you punch in you do the the work that you're you know that you're doing and then you clock out and you go home. Mm-hmm. But Rosario Butterfield, with her book, she aims to um, really kind of unravel that way of thinking um, and, and what our calling actually looks like as Christians to, to live mm-hmm. missionally. Um, the mission field is our neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. The mission field is our communities, um, yeah. is our family, our, our, our extended family. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's both. It's not men and women and children who very uh, clearly are in need. Um, It's it's also the men and women and children who are in need in subtle ways, in our communities, in our backyards. Um, And so to not go off on too much of a tangent, I'll just kind of um, distill it down to this, kind of my big main takeaway from reading the book. We as Christians have to be proactive and intentional with actually living out how we're called to live in mm-hmm. our neighborhoods. And it's so, yeah. it's so easy to surround ourselves by like-minded uh, individuals. You know, um, there's a reason why we gravitate towards small groups. There's a reason why we gravitate towards friends uh, who share similar morals and, and beliefs to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, what's really interesting is, as I was reading this book, it revealed a lie that the enemy had been using that I didn't realize was a lie. And it's this, I'm going to be spending eternity with so many of my fellow Christians, my brothers and sisters in Christ, hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that, but it dismisses the great commission to go yeah. out and make disciples. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a pretty big statement. Side note, <laughs> it dismisses the great commission. We, right. that's, yeah. yeah, we should probably well, pause and sit in that for a minute. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I, that, that was, that was kind of one of my takeaways. Um, I don't know that she's, she, Rosario comes out and says it in that, you know, in that way that, you know, kind of explicitly. Um, but that was kind of w- w- my takeaway was, man, okay. the, stakes are, the stakes are really high. Yeah. You know, um, what, what, what am I actually doing 
to um, you know be intentional to my neighbors and in mm. my community and um, and this looks a little different for everyone please don't hear me or any of us say that here is the exact way you ought to go about doing it mm-hmm. um, we're all in different life circumstances so um, that's something else to keep in mind um, because one of the traps you could potentially fall into is reverting to a legalistic mindset of like, okay, well then I guess I need to do this, this, and this. I need to invite this person over, this person over, and this person over. Mm-hmm. And only then will I have fulfilled my duty or my responsibility. You know, And so mm-hmm. this is something that we should be thinking about um, very intentionally and, um, you know, and, and we should be giving ourselves a lot of grace as we navigate um, living in this way. Yeah, that's so good. I love that, Julian. And um, this has also stirred up kind of the question in my mind of, and it's not an original question, but like, who is my neighbor? So is my neighbor literally the person that lives next door to me? And again, to your point, Julian, you can be in a different stage of life and you can go, well, like I'm, I'm, you know, younger. I don't maybe, you know, I'm married. I don't have kids and we're in an apartment. So the neighbor situation feels a little disconnected or, or maybe you live way out in the country and you're like, my neighbors are like five miles away, you know, whatever your season of life or living situation looks like. And I think the the better question for me in this process has been, <laughs> mm-hmm. okay, what does my community look like? And where am I actively, uh, where am I actively participating in? So where am I going to get coffee? Where am I getting, you know, my haircut, which hasn't been cut in a while because of COVID, but you know, (laughs) where am I doing life? Uh, and I, and, and you're right. I am doing a lot of life at home because that's where I live. And I joke, it's not an original question because it reminded me of the story in Luke when sure. the teacher of the law goes, okay, well, Jesus, who is my neighbor? You know, thinking mm-hmm. he's going to one-up him. And I reread that story in preparation for this podcast. And it, I, I don't know, it, the, the Holy Spirit <laughs> was convicting me with uh, fresh conviction because, you know, we all, well, I said we all, many of us know the story of the Good Samaritan and and that, um, you know, there was a man who was robbed and the, the folks who you would assume would stop and help him just passed on by. And then, you know, the Samaritan is the one that stops and, and heals him and, or, you know, bandages his wounds and takes him to get help and goes the extra mile. But it's this idea at the end of it that, like, whoever you are in contact with or doing life with, like, don't, don't wait for somebody else to do it. Don't wait for somebody else to love that person in your life or in your path well. If God has placed them in your path, you do it. Like he's mm-hmm. called you to do that. And I think for so many of us, and I'm talking to myself here because I don't like conflict. I hate, you know, like heated disagreements or an uncomfortable situation. But I think so many of us avoid that to your point, Julian, of, of yeah. being in people groups that aren't like us. Right. I think, oh man, this could, we could have a heated discussion or this mm-hmm. could get awkward. Or it's or, just uncomfortable. Like, I just want to, it's just easier to be around people just like me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so then we, so then you're right. We revert back to, okay, I'm going to just hang out with, with my crew or people that think and act just like me. And we, we miss, like you said, the great commission of going out and preaching and, and making disciples mm-hmm. of all nations, because we're so afraid of either, and we'll get into this more, but of having a, a conversation where we may not agree or, or not even knowing what to say mm-hmm. in those, um, 
you know, situations. So all that to say, it has brought up this, this question of who is my neighbor and who am I interacting with on mm-hmm. um, a daily, weekly, on a regular basis, basically. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, even listening to you saying that, I'm thinking when you take stock of like the relationships in your life or the groups of people that you, you know, are around, it almost, it almost begs the question of like, are these people, are there all the relationships that I have, you know, put into my life ultimately for my benefit? Mm. I'm not saying, listen, when I, you know, we talk about your close inner circle, the people that are like in your life that are like your accountability people, your prayer people, and, and having some like-minded, like-spirited people are important. I'm not saying right. that all of your friends need to be, you know, people who don't know the Lord because right. you need that encouragement. You need that community as well. But it's like, is, is every relationship and every group of people that you've chosen to surround yourself really actually were they chosen because they just fulfill you? We'll get back into the podcast in just a second, but wanted to take a moment to touch base with you. Of course, none of us knows what the future holds or even what this pandemic will look like tomorrow, but we just want you to know we've been praying for you as well as for our cities and our world. Our desire is to still provide relevant information weekly. And in these unprecedented times, we wanna hear from you even more. So if you have questions or topics you'd like to hear us talk about, please send those over to mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com. We'd also love for you to check out our new account Instagram, and you can find us by simply typing in mercy underscore outreach, and you can find additional resources and even ways to stay connected with us there. And lastly, I just want to remind you that Mercy Talk is a free of charge program. And just like all of Mercy Multiplied, we operate from donors and supporters just like you. If you're able, please consider giving a gift at mercymultiplied.com. Thank you so much for listening. Together, we will continue to get through this with the hope found only in Jesus Christ. There was a teaching that I heard a long time ago, and I wish I could give credit to the person who did it. I feel like it might have been a pastor at the Village Church in Texas, but anyway, um, I remember it was this idea of ambassadors and how, mm-hmm. like, you know, if yeah. you think about what an ambassador, I mean, you know, it's scripture, I think it's in maybe Second Corinthians, but it talks about how we're ambassadors, like we yep. were sent to be ambassadors. We're ambassadors for Christ. Well, if you think about what an actual ambassador is, it's someone who lives... And if we sent an ambassador off to another country, and instead of doing that, they just got comfortable, you know, got a house, got married, had some friends, got a job, and just <laughs> right. kind of like settled in and lived a right. comfy, cozy life, what would we do? Well, we'd sure. cut them off. Like, you're not, you literally forgot your entire purpose for going there. Sure. And so it was just this idea, like, if we're ambassadors for Christ and we're sent to a foreign world mm-hmm. um, on behalf of our king, and right. we forget our purpose, then like, right. what in the world are we here for? You know, so yeah. it just, it was very convicting. And even just thinking about that, like the relationships that I have chosen and that I have allowed into my life, are any of them for the purpose of like fulfilling the great commission, like you said, you know? Um, and so I don't know, it's just, it's a challenging thought. I don't yeah. know if anybody else listening is challenged by that. Absolutely. But and to cut, kind of go, off, go off script a little bit here, it's um, it, one of the things that a, a few of us started to recognize as we were working through this book in our small group setting was, okay, yeah, this is great. This idea of being 
um, on the outlook for uh, our, our, our physical neighbors, our community. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to be on guard now. I'm going to look for ways in which I can build relationships. Um, and then realizing, wait a minute, like I have mm-hmm. who aren't mm-hmm. saved, don't know Jesus, who I see very regularly. Wait a minute, what about that that coworker who? Yeah. So so you start to realize that those people, that community, your neighbors are already yeah. there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in a lot of instances, and and it's less about going you know, out, forecasting, right. and looking out. And it, it, exactly, and really sort of uh, recognizing who's already here and who and who do I already need to really be intentionally relational yeah. with. Yeah, which is um, why I loved your and, idea, Rachel, and, and, of just like, where do I get my hair cut? Yeah. Like, yeah. what Starbucks do I go to every day? Yes. Like, you know, just those, like, even that is, is those are the people that God has put in your path. Like you said, I love that. Yes. Yeah. Girl, I was thinking about y'all. I mean, like, I feel the only store, I mean, it was like this before the pandemic, but now it's really, you know, zeroed in because of just, you know, anyways. Uh, but like, I see the same cashier almost every time at Target and thinking like, this is my chance to build that rela- that relationship, to bless them, really, to, to let, the, to, to build that rapport. And we'll talk more about this, but to build that rapport and, hey, you can, you can trust me. Like, I'm not, I don't have this sneaky like you said, Julian pyramid scheme of, yeah. of my agenda of like, I'm yeah. gonna, you know, you know, sneak you the Christmas invite. And I, I'm not saying that those are bad either, but <laughs> you know, to make that, <laughs> I'm just thinking of all the choir invites. I <laughs> handing out in my neighborhood when really it was like, okay, who are the people that I already had a relationship with that I could have gone, Hey, do you want to come? We're going to do, I'm going to be singing in this choir thing because I had taken the time to, yeah to love on them and to be genuinely interested in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. No, I think that's great. And, um, you know, one thing that I think, um, Rosario underscores, um, a lot in her book, um, just to kind of build off of that is, um, like, like the, the relational piece is the starting point and that's where yeah. you start to earn trust and you start to, um, you know, get comfortable with people, you know, be it your, your hairstylist or uh, the barista that you see every Thursday or every Friday when you go get your drink or whatever, you're, you're building trust. There's that relational piece, but at some point you're going to have to trust the Holy spirit, mm. put yourself out there right. and, and start to, you know, actually talk about your relationship with Christ and actually, mm. um, speak, you know, speak, talk about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember who this quote is credited to, but somebody, somebody, this quote gets referenced all the time, preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. Yes. And, um, that, that has always, um, struck me personally, not speaking for the group as a little odd, um, because while you can love on someone, um, and, and, and certainly serve them, um, you know, so much of, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, sharing the gospel and, um, you know, making people aware of who Christ is, is through your own testimony, sharing, sharing about how, you know, how Christ saved you, what what freedom is like in your life as a result of your relationship with Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah, I don't know who did that, who, you know, yeah, that's a very well-known quote that I remember from my teenage years. I don't know who said it, but I have this strong feeling that it might have been directed towards the people who just want to preach at people and aren't actually living out what they're saying. The thing is, people have used that myself included, to, to excuse from having to have awkward conversations. It's like, oh, yeah, but then there's that one saying that says, exactly. preach the gospel. It's, so it's better for me not to say anything. I just need to live it out. That's all I need to do is live it out. And I think it's been, I think it was directed at a certain people group. Sure. I'm not sure. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Um, but so many of us has just, have just used it as an excuse to not ever speak. Exactly. Yeah. And so. that's one of the key things that Rosario, uh, Rosario Butterfield aims to undo in her mm-hmm. book. You know, this idea of are Christians victims of this, uh, you know, post-Christian world, you know, um, believers sort of uh, having this tendency to avoid unbelievers and even those mm-hmm. who think differently, mm-hmm. um, you know, from, from, from us, from me, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it manifests itself, my goodness, on social media. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so much right now, um, yeah. and certainly through the 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 um, quarantine lockdown context, where for a lot of us it's one of the only ways that we're engaging um, with other people. Yeah. Uh, you know, so one of the great things about this book, can't recommend uh, you guys listening to to read it. I can't recommend it enough. Um, that's one of the main things that she she tries to sort of undo mm-hmm. um, this line of thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been convicted in that in that own school of thought. Uh, you know, oh well, if I have, and we'll talk more about this later on. But if I talk about this and I have a hard conversation and it gets awkward, and you know, I feel like the world is against me, and and really pausing to take stock, kind of like you said a moment ago, Mel, and go, but wait a minute here, like you know, there are certain things, certain elements in this post you know, Christian world that I have certainly benefited from, one of which you just mentioned, uh, Julian, which is social media. And a lot of these things that we feel like, oh, you know, I don't have any control over. This is so hard. We have participated in, you know, like, again, social media is a great platform. I love it. But there are certain things that I know I have, um, you know, that have a dark underbelly that I've gone, oh, man, that's not good. And then when it comes time for me to preach my soapbox or air my opinion or I mean, quite frankly, gossip or spread things that may not be true, it benefits me. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of balancing it with that and going, oh, wait a minute. And then also being honest with myself and going, okay, maybe another reason I'm not sharing the gospel or speaking out is because um, it's going to take some time, you know, and time to get into a conversation. It's going to involve me um, giving up that comfort and and also maybe some investment in that, you know, that relationship overall, like this is not just like a one and done kind of thing. It's going to take some time. And so being honest Mm -hmm. with myself, I'm going, you know what, like this is a little bit more than, Oh, it's just so hard. Like, yeah, there are, there are elements that are going to be uncomfortable. You know, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day, we're called to Galatians 2.20 to pick up our cross and follow Jesus. And uh, just, I think being honest with ourselves that it's, it's not really there. We have some part to play in this for maybe why we have not been living this way. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's not what we're saying, but we are saying that the victim mentality um, is, is not going to, is not going to serve as your friend here. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's really, really good. Um, and I just, I, I keep going back to that thought. I think you just said something that 
kind of triggered this thought, Rachel, of just struck me again. And it actually ties back a lot to just kind of some of the stuff that we teach at Empower. You talked about that concept of like investment in a person's life and this yeah. is not a one and done thing. Yeah. And when it's a when you even have to have the thought of like a one and done thing, all of a sudden that person has become a project. Ooh, and that man. is one of our main points at um, Empower. We talk about what does an ambassador of freedom do? An ambassador of freedom focuses on people, not on projects. That's so good. And so when you talk about even yeah, Julian, I know before we recorded you were talking about this like there's no pyramid scheme here that we're going after. Yes. And people catch that really fast. Like they know when they have become a project to you. Yeah. And so truly that's a big heart check for yourself. It's not just, I want to work this relationship so that they don't feel like they're a project. No, no, right. no. If you're even having to think about that, there's a heart check that you need to deal with yes. yourself. Um, and so there's that, there's that piece um, that I think is really important that everyone be, everyone really have a good um, I don't know, just be very self-aware for yourself or where yeah. your heart and mind is in all of this. And so, um, I know we've, I mean, we've barely gotten started on this conversation and it's already been very enlightening and convicting. Thank you. No condemnation <laughs> right. in Christ Jesus for me personally. But, um, but as we, you know, as we kind of continue with this conversation over the next couple of weeks, um, I do want to leave our listeners with a few just questions to reflect yeah. on. Um, you know how we love doing that, guys, if oh, you've yeah. been following us for long. So um, a few things that I would encourage you to ask yourself as we journey through this conversation. One is, who have I possibly dismissed as my neighbor? Mm. And maybe another part of that question is, who have I possibly just missed yeah. as my neighbor? Yeah. Um, like, just really reflect on even the course of your week, your month, your routines, the things you do. Um, who are those people that God has already put in your path that maybe yep. you just never even recognized as your neighbor, if you will? Um, question number two, have I actually taken the time to get to know those who live next to me, mm -hmm. like physically? And y'all, has there ever been a time where this is easier? than right now. Yeah. I've almost found it comical as we've been talking. I'm like, never in ever in our history of living, I say our history, like those of us living on planet earth today, right, right. <laughs> never have we all been home more than we are yeah. now. So yeah. what greater opportunity is there to take that time and that investment in just maybe starting maybe it's just a hello, how are you doing? How is, how, how are you holding up under all of this? Like just getting to know their names yep. um, and all of that. So who, or have I taken the time to get to know them? And if I haven't, you know, why not? Yeah. Um, and if I have, you know, have I actually considered the fact that part of my commission is not just to like know them for the sake of the fact, well, they live next door to me, so I know their name, sure. but like, no, maybe these are people that the Lord has intentionally put in my life and in my path to invest in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. um, and then the third question would be what currently feels like it's the biggest obstacle Mm. Um, in actually incorporating this whole idea of missional hospitality into my life. Yeah. Um, I don't know. For me, one of the first things that comes up is just the time and energy that it requires. Yeah. I, don't want, I, don't, I only got so much time and energy in my life right now. 
especially with a one-year-old. Um, and yeah, I think there was, I, I love that you said that there is grace for different seasons of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't expect to be able to do all the things all the time in every season. Yeah. Um, but what, what are the things that are holding me back from this? Because let's be honest, right. at the end of the day, this is the whole purpose we're here. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, enough. I'm not really sure what trumps this. I mean, yes, you got to take care of your family. Sure. You got to do, but like, there's very few things more important than this because it's the mm. whole reason we're here. Yeah. So um, is it money? Is it, is it, you know, resources? What is it? What is yeah. it that's holding you back or, or a big obstacle for you? So those are some takeaway questions. That's good. Yeah. 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 No, and, and just to underscore, you know, in, in closing, Melanie, um, like that's, that's the whole reason mercy and, and certainly, uh, you know, the outreach initiative, the outreach team exists mm-hmm. uh, is because we aim to, um, you know, share the hope of Jesus Christ with this broken and hurting yeah. and, and scarred and scared world. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, now more than ever, certainly in the, in yeah. the context of, of COVID-19 and uncertainty. Um, it's just, it's really interesting because a lot of the truths um, that I gleaned from reading this book a year and a half ago are now more true than ever it seems mm. Mm. Uh, j- just because the challenges look differently um it's it seems like it's more timely That's uh, good. you know than ever yeah. um so, so for those of you that are listening please come back uh and, and tune in for our next episode we're going to just build this out even more um we're going to um continue to give you some some practical things we're going to confront some things together mm-hmm. um, you know, but ultimately we feel, we believe, um, that this conversation uh, is so important right now. Yeah. Um, that it's our collective responsibility as, as the church, um, to, um, think about how we can navigate missional living. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So we hope you'll tune in next week and we really appreciate you guys listening. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com.